0: This is Foolish Adventure, episode 54, our inspiring interview with Jules Watkins. Welcome to another episode of Foolish Adventure. I'm Izzy Hyman, and I'm here with my friend and colleague, Tim Conley. What's up, Tim? Yo, what's up, Izzy? What is up, Tim? Okay, well, I'll tell you one thing that's up, is we have a guest with us today, Jules Watkins, from... uh, Uh, from Foolish University, part of our membership thing. has this great online business, and so what we thought we'd do is do a little interview. Hey, Jules, how you doing?
1: Hi, Izzy. Hi, Tim. Yeah, I'm doing fine.
0: All right, great. So you could tell he's from Texas, from uh, (laughs) the great state of... of I'm just kidding. Where are you in the world, Jules?
1: I am in London, and I'm in West London, not too far from Heathrow Airport. If you hear a plane going over my house, you'll know why.
0: Oh, okay. So you're that close to an airport where you actually hear the airplanes, huh?
1: Yes, about three hundred meters. Sometimes depends on which way the wind's blowing as to whether they go over my house or not.
0: Nice. Okay. Well, yeah. I uh, Heathrow. I've never been there, but I've heard good things.
1: <laughs> well, it's not a place that you'd go. You know, you'd not you'd not go for a tour around it. Really, you'd, you'd arrive as a tourist and get out of there as quick as you can. <laughs> okay, all right, all right.
0: Well, let's 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 talk a little bit about you and what you're and why you're on the show and this kind of thing. T- Tim, go ahead and uh, give a little intro here to Jules. Uh,
2: I'm I'm to give uh, an intro to Jules. Uh, I, I've only known Jules now for a few months, uh, being that he was a listener, then joined our membership site. And we, you know, uh, have interacted quite a bit in the forums and, and talked about his business. Uh, but uh, Also, what, the first hot seat, right? Yeah, the first hot seat that we ever did for, uh, for the members uh, was Jules' business. So that, that was pretty exciting because I think Jules has an awesome product. But before we get into, like, the business side of it, uh, Jules, could you tell us a bit about yourself, like, uh, your background and, and then and then like, why you're doing what you're doing now?
1: Yeah, sure, absolutely. Well, I suppose I'm into a kind of third career in some ways. My uh, father used to tell me, you know, you'll probably change your job every 10 years. And I never, I never believed him. You know, he told me that when I was quite young, and I thought, yes, yeah, that's never going to happen. I'm going to find something and stick with it. But in fact, it has, has worked out a bit like that. Um, I started off, I've always been interested in media and you know magazines and um, TV and things like that, I started off as a photographer, in fact, working for a news agency, so it would be kind of hard news, really covering events and day to day things one day it would be someone that 's won a lottery and next day it would be some kind of accident or whatever and I was running around like crazy doing that and After several years of, of doing that i I kind of thought, well you know there 's more to me than than this i 've got other things I want to do, other stories I want to tell um, myself. So I managed to get into working in television about 10, 12 years ago. And that was partly because of uh, the change in technology. People were looking for multi-skillers. So in TV, you know, if you could actually shoot a camera as well as direct and produce and write, then, you know, you became in high demand. So I managed to work my way up through TV, ended up as a television producer, director, and I've done some Quite big shows. You've probably heard of some like uh, Pimp My Ride, the the UK version of that on MTV. (laughs) Um, Biggest Loser, which is quite a big show in America. Um, I've worked on quite a few shows that come over from America and being remade on British TV. Wow! And so I've I've worked on a lot of those. Sometimes shooting, sometimes just directing, directing crews. And you know that was all good. But you know for about ten years or so, fantastic, really but never had a moment to myself really and never knew from, you know, one weekend to the next, what I'll be doing, you know, and it's often following people's lives. So you're kind of at the mercy of what's going on in the TV show. So quite difficult, you know, and you get kids and you start sort of um, valuing your time with them as well. So I was looking at other avenues to sort of use my experience in, in creating content, I suppose, but doing it more on my terms and actually, owning my own brand and my own content because I've worked on a lot of TV shows and they've done really well and the companies that produce them have done really well. But as a freelancer, you go in, you you know, my average contract would be about 10 weeks to make one show and then you're out again and then you're looking for your next one mm-hmm. and you don't own it, you don't own any part of it. So really, you're not building up your own assets. So I started looking online and realised that you know, there's a lot of people actually Um, becoming their own producers and creating their own content. And that's what I really wanted to do.
0: Oh, my gosh. I think we could stop the interview now because that (laughs) was awesome. (laughs) Yeah, this whole concept of being the owner of of the stuff that you're creating versus creating it for someone else, that's huge.
1: That's a big part, you know. Definitely. And I think also a lot of people talk about escaping the cubicle. You know, you see that all over the Internet, people who are locked into these Regular, you know, nine to five jobs, but I think there's a whole group of people who work like freelancers, creative freelancers, and they're working from short job to short, you know, short contract to short contract. And as, as I just said, they they you know are constantly looking for the next thing. Um, there's nothing regular, so in a way, although it's really enjoyable, they're also looking for something as well, and it's sort of an escape from not knowing what's happening next. And it's a different kind of. Different kind of audience, I suppose, but I, I think that you know those people are definitely really interested in how to boost up their income or have a secondary stream of income going on in the background, something that they could build up and later could become their their full time income.
2: Can you yeah. to- oh, oh, go-, sorry. go ahead, Tim? Sorry, oh, I was going to say, you know, that, that's really good advice for like the freelancers, uh, and I'll just say it like in a different way. About producing your own content is that if you can do it for a client, you could do it for yourself. Exactly. Instead of instead of just creating for someone else, why not uh, create for yourself and build and build a life from that? Absolutely,
1: it's, it's yeah, exactly you've got all the skills, and you know you can find your own little niche within it, and you can be really good at it. And I think you know the thing that I I keep noticing noticing is. It's good content you know that sells really good content that's really dynamic that's that's what people really really want, and if you've got a talent to do that, then you know you can you can stand out online and that's what it's all about, trying to stand out amongst you know the huge mass of content that's out there so you know that's that's the way I went but I mean I have to say this um, you know I've got a couple of clients that I, that I do some uh, business videos for now you know I still create content for other people, but I'm trying to balance it out with creating my own kind of products and you know I'm at that sort of point now where I'm I'm making some money but I'm not you know yet doing it full-time so that's sort of I can see you know I've made some progress along this this adventure this journey but I've still got a distance to go I suppose.
0: That's fantastic can you talk a little bit about the progression so you know what was it like when you first started exploring uh, doing a business online what kinds of things did you find out and sort of your thought process that led you to what you're doing now?
1: Well, it, it you know, for me, I was quite um, late into getting this whole thing about blogging. I keep reading people who said, you know, they first started blogging, you know, 12 years ago or whatever. And I, I caught it really late. You know, whilst whilst still working in TV, I just started reading a lot of different um, blogs and noticing things you know, around me. And one of the influences I had, there's a marketer called, a marketer called uh, Jim Kukral, who you may know of. But the real the first thing that grabbed me is I saw this one page website where he was going to the dentist. He was using a, a flip video camera, a small little camcorder, filming himself in kind of reality style, which has been my niche for quite a while. Um, filming himself going to the dentist with his camera. And I watched this and I realized that he was actually selling the camera as an affiliate. So, you know, you can buy the camera on Amazon. And he was using this video to actually get people to click through and, and buy this camera and that was when things just started clicking in my head that you could actually produce content and then try and, and monetize it so you know I actually ended up buying a flip camera you know about three years ago and it was fairly new in the UK not that well known and that set me off thinking about maybe starting a blog and I started looking into the whole blogging thing and how do you set a blog up and that's how it started really with a a really tiny little experiment like Let's just do a blog, a little tiny blog for fun and see where it goes whilst, you know, simultaneously working in TV. And I sort of got really active on the blog and I left it for even a couple of months at one stage and I got diverted into another blog. And I, I mean, I've been through all these things, that I suppose, a lot of people go through where you literally you just can't lock it down as to where you're going with it. And I you know, think that, that's been one of the hardest things, really.
0: So uh, okay, so you got this flip video camera. You start shooting videos and you're blogging and all this stuff. At what point now? Your website is called Pocket Video Power, right? Yeah, that's your. Is that your main business website?
1: That's my product site. So I've got uh, my first blog was um, myflip.co.uk, which is still still there. Just a blog all about flip video. I later wanted to try and target the US, so I started one called LoveMyFlip.com, and then. I've also got another blog which is more personal, called under Jules J U L E S TV, which is about more general video making. And maybe Izzy's forgotten, but do you know that you weren't signed up to my list ages ago?
0: Oh, that's awesome!
1: <laughs> when you were when you were growing your business, I had just a form. I didn't even have Aweber or any any email software. I just had a little form that I, I put on there, and you actually signed up to it. And that's when I first noticed you, what you were doing. And you know, I looked at, at your site and I thought wow, that that's massive. <laughs> you know, it's like, how, how on earth did you get to that point? It was incredible. So I looked at you, you know, you influenced me. And I looked at other, you know, people in the in the video making sort of and niches. So that all kind of had an impact on me. But I didn't act straight away. I just, I just grew this, this um, flip blog, that was the one that I was most active on. And wh- where I started making money was through affiliate links. And because with the Amazon scheme, when people click through, they buy, they can not only buy the product they click on, but also anything else. So, you know, I've had, you, you get commission for anything they buy that, you know, within 24 hours on Amazon. So I've had people buy um, a toilet seat once, um, shower curtains, um, lawn mowers. because the thing is, you know, um, they think they're going to buy a flip camera, but when they spot all the other stuff, they start buying that. So um, having you know, earlier on, just got one sale, I suddenly started to get more and more until literally every day I was getting Amazon sales via this niche blog. And that was, that was my taste of the fact that you could make money from a blog. And, you know, then you start looking at other bloggers that that I've been following, like one was David Risley, I, I follow him quite a lot, and they talk about adding a product to your blog, which is what a lot of people do. And that's how I started thinking, well, you know, maybe I could create a product that would suit this particular niche of video makers. Because if you look at video making, it's a massive area. There's so many different types of video making, you know, whether it's music videos or wedding videos or documentaries. And I I thought, well, maybe there was a little niche in the market for people who wanted to master their, their pocket video cameras rather than bigger cameras. And also I looked at the fact that, you know, could I niche it down a little bit more to make it easier for me to create a course about it? And I happened to be on a quite a large business networking forum um, called fornetworking.biz. And I noticed on the forum there, people in business started to put videos that they were making themselves to promote their business. And they were asking questions, you know, like, how do I, you know, what editing software should I use? How can I make my video look better? And, you know, it's one of the classic things that, People in information marketing talk about is, you know, find out what what people's problems are. So I kept on going around all these forums and looking on Facebook. And there was a there was a pattern there that people who were new to video, who didn't want to have a lot of kit, they wanted minimum kit, were asking these questions. And I thought, well, maybe I can create a product that is in the pocket video space that helps businesses to make better videos and to market their business using minimal equipment and that's how pocketvideopower.com came about
0: when somebody when somebody becomes a customer of your website pocketvideopower.com when they go there and sign up what are they getting access to what is it that they're buying
1: well it's it's a course so it's not a membership site it's a course what you get is you get five modules of content and they're released week by week for five weeks so when you first go in the site you see me On video, it's explaining how it all works and that you will get an email every seven days from that point onwards releasing the next week of content. And I point them to where to go and look at the first week. And in each week's content, there's about average of seven or eight videos. And I've got a few downloads, like a few PDFs and even some lighting diagrams. And I did it that way because I would read or I was learning the fact that people don't like to get overwhelmed um, when they arrive at site and also I realized that my audience were you know they're running businesses so video isn't the complete focus of their life they're not learning to be you know professional video makers so therefore they're trying to slot in this skill with their other business so I thought well maybe if I release it like that then they've got a chance to 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 get through it so yeah they get the content there's also some pages that are available straight from the from the start which is like a list of equipment that I recommend Resources where you can look at for free music and graphics and things like that that's there from the from right from day one but the the major modules are released uh week by week for five weeks
2: when when you first uh, set up the site uh, you uh, you weren't completed with your content were you
1: no no there was a there's a lesson there because i'd also uh, read, you know, don't, you don't need to have it all done already before you launch, because that's just delaying you. Um, so I thought, yeah, fair enough, I, I won't do that. And <laughs> I, um, I got myself in a bit of a twist, really, because what happened was that I got a bit slower making the content, I got a bit irritated that I wasn't launching. And I, I thought, right, I've going to set myself a date when I'm going to launch, and I'm going to launch on that day, whatever happens. So I set the date, but I didn't have that much content ready. I had about maybe a week and a half's worth of content. Um, and what happened is that as I, as I had made the first module quite, you know, quite good and a lot of content, I really wanted to keep that going. So what I found myself is, is a real situation, a bit like a TV show where you need to make a new show every week. And what happened is that every Sunday um, from when it was launched, an email would go out to the, to everybody saying, you know, the week of content, the new week of content has been released, please go and, and view it. And I would be, working really really hard like 12 14 15 hours a day even on sunday afternoon i would be kind of finishing off the content or rendering a video trying to get it all ready by this midnight on a sunday so it was pretty stressful and (laughs) um and on the hand you know it made me do it but it did remind me just like working in tv where you've got this show that's going on and you can't miss it you know
0: i love it that's such a great story and it's funny because you know, there's there's two sides to that story. There's the side where it's like, oh, my gosh, I'm under such stress. But then there's the side that at least I got it done. Most people, you know, most people talk about doing something and never complete it forever. And you created this deadline for yourself and actually made it happen. So, you know, I don't know. It's a bittersweet type of experience, I guess. So
1: No, I mean, looking back at it now, um, I'm still... Tweaking my content and adding more in and listening to what people are asking for and things, and I find it a lot harder now to you know making the fresher content because there isn 't this sort of deadline, so I definitely recommend you know set yourself a set yourself a deadline, but you know definitely give yourself a little bit more time than I gave myself to to go through it because I was like working mad over the, these sort of four weeks after that first week.
0: <laughs> I think we're touching on something that 's interesting now, and this is just one of those examples of of the types of challenges that you can encounter. Maybe you weren't expecting it. What other types of challenges have you encountered? And, you know, what, what were the challenges? How did you overcome them?
1: Oh, well, loads of challenges. How, how long have you got? Yeah, <laughs> um, maybe just is, a couple. Of, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> no, I won't go on too much. No. Um, well, the challenge is, I suppose, the one challenge is finding finding the audience for your product. Because you when you see all these big launches of the big gurus you kind of get into that mindset which is fair enough but you know, they're all got a very you know massive list they've all been going for a long time they've got a lot of jv partners and you kind of get it in your head that you're going to have this big launch and you're going to get you know a large people of you know large number of people signing up and i didn't have a, have a big list or anything like that so i know i've created a good product and i've definitely sold the product but it's actually trying to scale it now and trying to get it known about it's like trying to make something well known and spread across across the web and you know using every method i can find so that's that's a massive challenge because it doesn't matter if you you know people inside think it's great but you know there's it's a big world out there and just trying to get that reach that's that's a, a really 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 big challenge for me right now um what else can i say well i suppose technically a few challenges which which i had on my launch day i think every, you know a lot of people talk about that when things go wrong and trying to get my paypal button to work and you know that i was using a plug-in and they were um sleeping because i think they live in san francisco or somewhere the people that make it so i was launching in the uk time you know morning but obviously i couldn't get any technical support and i went through one point where if somebody signed up they wouldn't actually get a password to get in um which is not ideal. So <laughs> which is all fixed now of course, but you know, at that point it was just one of those days where I didn't really you know, hadn't had given myself enough lead time to properly check it out. So, you know, technical technical stresses there I suppose. I mean, th- those would be like, you know, the main main two really.
2: So uh, we we know all about the whole technical issues with launching a product you know we when we launched our membership site we did all the testing a week ahead of time on the payment processing and the registration and the night before we uh, went live it broke for no for no apparent reason and and we spent all of our time trying to create a patch because we couldn't get a, a hold of support either uh, for our uh, for our technical issue and so we ended up uh, hacking together a patch just so that we could actually go live and even then we pushed back our launch by an hour uh, just to be able to make sure we had at least had a few minutes to test it before we said okay now it's open
0: i'm sure there are examples of good smooth launches i just don't know of any <laughs> oh, yeah,
2: I've, I've never heard of one <laughs>
0: <laughs> they must happen though theoretically that's possible Okay, so one of the challenges that you talked about is getting basically raising awareness as the marketing end. Another challenge is the technical end. What kinds of tools? What What are you? You know, people are interested in tools. What kinds of tools are you using to operate your business and to you know handle these types of challenges?
1: I've tried to keep it really, really simple, and which is something that you talk a lot about in Foolish University as well. So definitely using wordpress because you know once you've done a blog or two you start getting into wordpress and you can apply that to to, to any kind of theme that you might be using and luckily for me just before i launched um somebody actually it's a young fellow called james who lives in the uk who um, created optimized press which is a really really good theme very suitable for creating really easy sales pages squeeze pages you can do like a launch funnel, which you see a lot of the big marketing gurus using, where you can reveal a video each day or whenever you choose, create it as a kind of event. in um, it's a product uh, launch formula type style. You can do that. Then you can create a membership area and you can um, divide it up into little sections. And it just looks quite cool. So Optimized press. I'm using for the actual protection of the membership area. I'm using a plugin called Digital Access Pass, or DAP for short, which is fairly similar to Wishlist. A lot of people use Wishlist. um, You can do things like drip-feeding the content, which I've just talked about. And also what I like about DAP is it's got an affiliate module in it. So I've got an affiliate scheme running, and um, quite a few of my sales have come via via affiliates. And it's got an inbuilt uh, system that I can track, and people who join the affiliate scheme can track in real time themselves. So you don't need any additional... Plugin in for that that's quite good about um DAP. So I'm using that and I'm using AWeber for the email side of it all. And in terms of video hosting, I mean here's a little tip. I did a I did a deal with a with a video hosting company called Vizar dot com. They they're basically a video hosting company and what I did was I said, you know, would I could I swap some hosting for putting some of your banners on my my blog TV and my my flip blog and just tr- testing out your service and talking about it and so they gave me some free hosting and i think that there's a lot of deals to be struck because other even bigger companies are looking for promotion so if you if you run a blog then you know you've got to think about how can you swap um space on on your sidebar for for actual using people's products so anyway that was the video hosting bazaar and that's about it really i can't I can't think of much else. I mean that's the great thing. Somebody like me, like a few years ago three or four years ago would have wouldn't would never have done this because you'd be thinking I'd have to go to um a web designer and you'd have to go and get someone to build this you know fantastic membership site with all the features it needs, and you'd have just thought that's going to cost thousands and to be honest, I think some people even now still think that it would cost them loads of money to set up a product or a membership site. And they don't do it, whereas um, as you learn more and more about it, you realize that you can set up a site um, like mine you know for i don't know two hundred dollars or something like that i don't know two three hundred dollars time you've got a few plugins and things like that and so um, you can really learn this stuff or you can always get a freelancer in off somewhere like odesk.com to help you out if you get stuck and the issue is no, the issue is no longer how to build this thing the issue is how to make it good, how to make good content, how to find your right niche and how to sell it. that That's the big issues.
0: What are your priorities now then?
1: My priorities now. Right? Yeah, good for your question. business. What, what, yeah, what kinds yeah. of things are
0: you focusing on now? I, you've gotten to the point where you've built this business, it's bringing you some money, it sounds like you're doing some freelance stuff on the side while you build this up. And at, at some point, it, my guess is I've I've seen your site and I know your product is really, really good. And so... Uh my guess is at some point it's gonna transition where you're gonna go to just doing this, you know, and this will be a main source of income where you won't need the other stuff, hopefully, if that works out. Uh but what are your priorities now? What are you trying to do and what do you kind of envision for the future?
1: Well, that's that's a good question. Um expect a few questions from me inside your forum. <laughs> um the, no, the thing about it is, well my priorities right now is is selling it more, you know, because I think one thing that I've learned from Tim, Tim's told me this a few times, sort of drilled it into my head really is keep that focus on your product because I am one of these people that could easily spin off and start thinking time to make my second product, you know, product time to do this time to do that when I need to make my current one sell more and more. And it's a bit like if you created a gadget or if you created an app or wrote, wrote a book, you wouldn't just write it and then say, right, I've done my book. Now let's do my second book. <laughs> you, um, you wouldn't do that, right? You would say, how can I get my book to be sold? So you'd want to do book tours and you'd want to um, do articles for magazines and get on a stage and you try and just fixate on that. And you know, there's no point in me moving onwards yet. I want to get this to sell really, really well. So I've been doing um, guest posting. I've been very active on on Facebook. I've been invited to speak at a conference in, in October Um, I'm going to create you know being in the video niche and being in video marketing I'm creating more videos to market the course and that's obvious for me because that demonstrates what I'm talking about and I'm you know doing little quirky videos that try and show what you can do with pocket cameras that really get response I'm using video so I suppose my priority you know is really to get this to sell amazingly amazingly well you know every day and a lot of times a day
2: one one of the things that we talked about, uh, I, I guess, a couple of months ago, was about you do uh, going out and finding more people to uh, promote your product with. So you go to their list uh, that has a related industry, and and you promote your product th- through them. How has that been working for you? H- have you done more uh, a few uh, yet, or I've been a little slow on that. I found that that's
1: quite hard. One of the one of the issues as well, because I've tried, you know, different methods, and I realised that you need to, in many ways, create some connection with that person, and it really, when I see, you know, how many people there could be that could promote this, you know, it's how to get that connection and develop it before you start pitching them, saying, you know, do you want to be my affiliate, and there's a lot of people out there, and it's quite hard to engage with a lot of different people, so um, I've had success, though, I should say. I spotted one person who was commenting on a blogger's on a, on a blogger's um, post and contacted him um, very directly. And he said, you know, let me have a look. He liked the product. He's been very, very helpful. He wrote a blog post. He's put it in his email funnel. And he had several sales through my course. And that was fantastic. And that's happened. I've done a, a teleseminar with another marketer. And that resulted in some sales. So, yeah, slowly, slowly, I've not... Approach anyone really big i suppose i'm a little bit nervous i don't know why about promoting some you know <laughs> approaching somebody sort of who i you know would you know think are really really big i don't know why just i think they must get approached all the time and i'm a bit like you know they're all in america and i'm here and i know it sounds a bit weird but it's, it's so hard to approach the big guys uh,
2: well in in that it's it's in it's in your head right uh, it's not any harder to approach anyone else they may have a few uh, uh, gatekeepers in there to protect uh, protect their time but they are still in the in the world of you know making money you know they they have a business to run and if a product would work for their for their market then that's something that they would be interested in you know promoting so then it's just a matter of convincing yourself that your product's good enough for that person's market and and i've seen it i've gone through your course and i think it's awesome i didn't know you could do as great of videos as you as you teach uh, with just using a flip camera you know I, I was blown away because i've made a bunch of videos with my flip camera and they all suck <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing and also i should add it's not just the flip
1: um obviously because cisco killed off the flip a few weeks ago but right. um you know, Kodak zi 8 I I teach, and um, iPhone 4, I'm starting to really get into iPhone 4 now because of the various apps and things, and you've got the iPhone 5 coming, and no, absolutely, I think that's part of what I try to do, because really, in TV, a lot of people look at it and think, oh my god, it looks fantastic, but you know, we do a lot of improvising in TV, and I've shot a lot of shows myself using not, not huge camera, not pocket cameras, but not massive cameras, and it's a lot about how you use it and how you know you think about the lighting and so and composing and all sorts of things. And I was thinking, yeah, that's that's one way I can sort of show that you can push the equipment that you already own and and do the best out of it. And I think it also fits nicely into this whole kind of movement, you know, the minimalism kind of movement that you've talked about on the blog. And you know, um, there's people like Colbert Barr that I read in and certain bloggers who also talk about doing things with simple equipment you are um, not spending a load of money up front which is what I've been talking about really if you're marketing your business you know you need to keep your costs down particularly at the beginning so if you can actually learn to squeeze the best out of economical kit then you know I think that's one of the the sort of benefits that people would have if they came on my course
2: awesome uh, you mentioned that the royal wedding was uh, good for your business
1: yeah, oh, I just love a royal wedding. Um,
2: <laughs> yeah, was
1: before the royal wedding, I was thinking, oh, I don't care about this royal wedding. You know, it's like a bit, bit of fuss about nothing, really. <laughs> but um, I, from, I put my marketing hat on and I, and I can thank you guys for that because I started thinking more and more like a marketer really recently. And I thought on the royal wedding, people are going to be feeling really up and happy and they're going to be feeling really positive. So I thought, well, why can't I do um, a royal wedding special offer? The the king of all offers, I called it. Nice. Um,
0: <laughs> you know,
1: at, at a princely sum. Um, so <laughs> I basically used all these sort of cliches, like I've been reading in emails I get sent. And um, I basically created this royal wedding offer. I knocked a bit off the price and just created a kind of fun email. And then we had this street party um, right in front of my house here. And... During the party, I kept checking my iPhone and I I was getting sales through this offer. You know, I had four sales on that day, which was which absolutely great because I was just chilling out in my street, making money at the same time. And, you know, then right at the end of the day at midnight, I closed it down and said, you know, the offer's gone to bed now. Um, And, you know, that was the end of the, the, the offer and the wedding.
0: Well, congratulations. That's awesome. Good. It's funny because I think I actually picked that up from Jeff Walker's product launch formula where he talks about reason, reason why marketing. And you can, as long as you have a, a, a reason to be contacting someone, you can do some marketing as long as it's a, an actual reason. In fact, I think that was in the book Influence by Cialdini too. Is that right, Tim? Yeah. talk about okay. that?
2: Giving somebody a reason why. Uh, a lot of times you can just throw the word because in into your sentence and people will, uh, uh, what, no matter what comes after the because, uh, they will see that as a valid reason.
0: This is yeah. funny. In the book, in Cialdini's Influence, they give this example of a scientific study that I guess some maybe some professors at a university did where they had somebody – uh, a lady standing in line at, in front of like a Xerox machine they, and they needed to make some copies. And so what they would do is they'd go up in front of the other people in the line and say, hey, can I go, can I go in front of you and to, to make some copies? And it turns out that a lot of times they'd say no, but if, if, all, she had to, if all she added was because something, anything afterwards, like even if all she was doing is repeating, like she would say, hey, is it okay if I cut in front of you because I need to make some copies? You know, or I just need to make some copies of this. If that's all she said, they would, it would increase the likelihood that they would let her go in front of them dramatically just because she would add because blah at the end of it. And there were other things that made it even better because I only have three copies to make, or because it'll only take a few seconds, or because, but you know, when she said because anything, even if she was just repeating herself, it increased the likelihood. So there's just the, needing that reason why. I think it's a powerful thing. And I love the idea that Jules used the wedding, the royal wedding. Because the royal wedding is taking place, we're having this discount. So, But
2: you, um, didn't, you didn't stop there, though. You, you've done other uh, reason why uh, marketing, right? Um, remind me. I, I, I think you mentioned you did something else. Uh, right after the uh, Royal wedding or was it before it where you um, uh, sent out, sent out a promotion? I thought I'd seen that where you put it on the, uh, in the forum.
1: Right. You know what? That's escaped me right now. Okay, (laughs) It might come to me.
2: I I guess I can uh, look it up. Uh, I'm sure Izzy's got another question for you.
0: So I I mean, Jules, you're, you're kind of, it's interesting to me because you're one of the people who actually did it. You know, there's a lot of folks that hope to do it, and there's other folks that are making plans to how to do it. And then there's other, and then there's people like you that have actually done it where you created a product, it's for sale, it's actually making money, it's generating sales and making money for you. What kinds of tips would you give to the folks that are maybe a few steps back where they haven't actually done it yet? and you're where you are, how, what kind of advice would you give these folks to be able to get to where you are and then hopefully even beyond?
2: Well, he's got superpowers. That's why he was able to do it.
0: I know I, <laughs> I, know I made it sound like that, Tim, but you know, what, you know what I mean is that there's a lot of people that have hopes and, and plan on it but don't actually do it. They don't take the action, and Jules has. He's one of these people that actually takes action. He does it. So uh, even though it yeah, does I've- sound like superpowers, that's not what I really meant. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, 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 no superpowers. Um, I, well, what I would say is just, yeah, be, be really, really, really determined. I was just thinking the other day when I, I don't know if you watch um, football or you call it soccer or whatever it is, whatever sport you watch. Sometimes in, there's a match and nothing's really going on and it's all a bit of a stalemate. And then you get like one player who kind of gets fed up with it and decides I'm going to do something about this. And they just got sort to of draw all this strength and everything inside them. And they just push through and they end up scoring some amazing kind of goal. And they just put that extra spurt into it really and just thought, you know, I'm going to do something here. And I think that's that's what I kind of did. I thought, look, um, I want to try and achieve something. I want to create something. I want to see if this all works. And I just put like a load of sort of extra energy and focus into it. And I think that, that was one thing that, that really helped me. I think that it was really weird that I started this whole idea right when you started uh, Foolish Adventure right at the beginning, and the things that that you were talking about every week or whenever you released the show was exactly in line with what was going through my head. So huh. I would say, you know, keep keep finding you know inspiration out there and, and use that as your as your support. Don't um, set yourself goals. Definitely set yourself you know dates. We talked about that, and set yourself you know plan out. Um, your structure and your content so you know what you're doing you can tick it off a list you know get a whiteboard and tick it off because at the end of the day it's it's you know how many how much content you need to put in there and if you can just focus on that content I've got that content you know there's my launch video tick it off there's my second video tick it off and step by step you know and you'll see your list is starting to have a lot of ticks on it (laughs) and you'll, you'll see it happening, you know, as as long as you keep, keep monitoring it all the time. And I'd say, you know, um, don't, don't be massively perfect with it either, because that's what I've struggled with a bit because in TV, everything's done like to perfection and to a millisecond and it's looked at 15 times before it ever gets on TV. Um, But I realized that, you know, you want to be good and it wants to be, you want to make it really, really good. But the other hand, you know, people i found are really supportive the people that you're actually going to sell your content to your audience they really really want to learn from you and you know they really want to get inspired and sort of come on this adventure with you and they're willing you know if if something's not absolutely perfect they're they're willing to ride with it because as long as you're offering them really really good content they feel like they're kind of with you on this as well so you know don't be frightened of of what those people might think
0: Excellent advice. I love it. That's some powerful stuff. And it's great because you're there. And, and, uh, it's, I don't know. It's, it's one of those, I heard the song not too long ago from this artist that I like. And, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to bring every, this is so weird. I'm taking this conversation, <laughs> making it really informal all of a sudden, but I saw this guy in concert not too long ago, artist named Trevor Hall, love his music. And he goes, I'm going to sing this song. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's it's from my new album. It's not quite 100% done yet. And he even pulls out the lyrics and says, you know, I'm going to actually be referring to the lyrics because I don't have it memorized yet. And uh, and you guys tell me what you think. And so because he made, like, this deal, I st- my I felt like my eyes were like laser beams where I was just paying attention to everything he was singing. I was paying attention to his lyrics more than anything else. Well... It was a great song and it's kind of a reggae it's this like real chilled out, you know, reggae song and it's all the lyrics were something like, you know, uh, you know, people on the seashore come on in. The water's fine. That's what it was. That was the whole that was what the message of it was. He's, you know, so he's out in the water and everybody's standing on the seashore, seashore scared and he's go and the, the whoever it is, you know, I guess him is singing, you know, people on the seashore come on in. The water's fine. Come on in, come on in. You know, don't just stand there. Come on in, let's do it. <laughs> and I love it. That's and that's what I love is that you know you're in there, you're doing it. I kind of feel like Tim and I are constantly going, come
2: on in. The water's fine. <laughs> it, it's awesome over here. Yeah, yeah, that's we we try to tell people that yes, there is some work uh, involved. You do uh, there aren't any magic bullets in online business, but you just need to you know keep working at it just like you're doing Jules you know uh, you you had this idea you put it together you started marketing it you started getting sales and now you're working to make it even better and you know get more customers more sales and and once once you start once you see it from that perspective like on the other side of getting uh, getting your business going and you're like oh my gosh why didn't i do this years ago
1: no absolutely i think Until you give it a go and, you know, when you start getting this email on your phone saying, you know, you've got a sale from PayPal or whatever, until you actually experience that, um, it's really hard to understand that, you know, it can happen. And it all looks like, you know, somebody else does that and maybe it's just they're making it up. When it starts happening to you, it's absolutely one of the best feelings, you know, that you can get.
0: What I really like about your story also is that there's no, there's no hiding the fact that you worked really hard to produce your product. I love that because that's what it takes to produce something that sells you work hard. And I love the fact that you worked really hard and that you talk about how hard it was and that you had these deadlines and it was very stressful. I mean, that's a. I think it's not always going to be like that for everybody. Obviously, some people it comes easy, but I think for a lot of folks, you work really hard to create a good product, you know?
2: And so. speaking of products, uh, I think we should, you know, plug uh, pocketvideopower.com. dot That's Jules's site. It's a really good product. We don't. Ha- we're not doing any commission or anything on this. We're just supporting one of our uh, members. You know, uh, we are, are super proud of everything that Jules is doing, and and his his product is really good. I've gone through it myself. And uh, if it fits with your needs, then you should definitely pick up uh, Pocket Video Power. So, you know, go to PocketVideoPower.com and check it out.
0: And Jules, thanks so much for being on the show with us. We really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, no, no. Thanks. Thanks very much. As I said, you know, I've listened to pretty much every single episode. And, you know, it's really, really helped me both Foolish Adventure and Foolish University too.
0: Well, thank you for being a part of it all, and and uh, and now I'm speaking to the listeners. Hopefully, you've picked up some information from today's interview that you can find inspiring and helpful, and maybe get you to the next step where you're trying to go. And uh, and uh, obviously, we thank Jules for being on the show. But I think that's it for this time. So,
1: in the meantime, enjoy your foolish adventure.
0: Thanks for listening to Foolish Adventure. If you found this information helpful and want more like it, please visit foolishadventure.com. Do you have specific questions you'd like us to answer? Leave a comment on the website. Who knows? Maybe we'll create a whole show to answer it. Also, we have a voicemail line where you can ask questions. The number is 480 331 4695.